0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. Today we're going to discuss the way to maximize the impact of video as an advertising medium. Joining us is Cindy Brown, who is the Chief Revenue Officer of Viral Gains, which is a video ad journey platform that enables marketers to engage people with relevant brand stories in the venues and contexts that people most favor as a way to build unique journeys that connect highly qualified prospects to generate awareness, motivate intent, and impact purchase decisions. And today, Cindy is going to tell us how marketers should decide between running an awareness, consideration, or conversion campaign using video. Okay, here's our conversation with Cindy Brown, the Chief Revenue Officer of Viral Gains. Cindy, welcome to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Hi, thank you.
1: It's exciting to have you here. And from what I understand, this is your first podcast, so I promise I will take it easy on you. Let's start off with an easy question. Tell me a little bit about yourself and and how you got into uh, video advertising and how you got to viral gains.
2: Absolutely. I'm happy to. I've actually been in this industry forever. Let's say I, I feel like I've started with the industry. I actually originally started in sales. So I have a long career in sales where I sold hardware, which I think has really helped me understand customer challenges, customer problems, initiatives, and always having an ear on how to solve their problems. So it's all about understanding what challenges they're trying to solve for. It's not about positioning products, it's about understanding how to create solutions. But quickly after hardware is where I first started to get into digital and that was way back in 2001. So it was actually with a company that was part of a website design consultant. And my role was there to actually help convince brands that they needed to actually have an externally facing web presence. Can you imagine that way <laughs> back in the day?
1: I think that that's <laughs> probably an easy sale these days.
2: I, I would say so. People back then had intranets. They would speak internally with employees, but they really didn't have a web presence. So there I was, you know, with a team trying to convince big brands that they needed to somehow figure out how to connect, you know, with their consumers with a website that they didn't really even understand what it was all about. So it was certainly fun times.
1: So from the early days in your career, right, you learned how to understand the customer pain points, face objectives, and you worked during the rise of digital marketing and the online generation of marketing. And I imagine that throughout that time, you've gone from you need a website to you need to promote your website to you need to promote your website with something more than just banner ads. And now we're getting into different formats of media. Talk to me a little bit about as the CRO of Viral Gains, a, why did you decide to go into the video advertising space? And what does Viral Gains do?
2: Absolutely. I didn't start right out in video, as you're mentioning here. I actually started with an ad network. So I really started to understand the technology first. I started out with a company called Burst Media, which was one of the very first ad networks. And if you remember back in the day, advertising.com, maybe not old enough to know them.
1: I've heard of it. Great domain.
2: <laughs> they had it first. They were out in the space, again, it was really about creating a technology that aligns consumers and brands, right? How do you make that connection in a technical way, in an efficient way, and at scale? Then moved to Yahoo, where I got in and I had an opportunity to see all the different mediums. This was social, mobile, video. There were so many other strategies, display. You know, We still talk about display. It's incredible.
1: To me, Facebook, or the way that most people think about Facebook, has primarily been driven by display ads, and now they're converting more to video. I'm sure we'll get into that. Yeah. But yeah, display is absolutely still prevalent, staying in front of your customers with a flat image.
2: Right. And the rise of social, you know, I was there through, you know, the rise of social. And then, of course, the user-generated content peak, that seems to be where we're at still. As you said, there's the flat image display, and then there's still the user-generated content with, you know, the social spirit that still seem to be just a huge percentage of where marketers are still spending a ton of their money, time, and effort.
1: So as you have seen this shift, you know your career has gone from being in sales to being a marketer and an operator, and you've moved away from display, and now you're specifically focused on video. Let's talk a little bit about the video advertising landscape.
2: No, I think video, like you said, I mean, I've fallen in love with video because it's sight, sound, and motion, right? It is something that you will pay attention to. You have emotional connection with video. I think we all do. We all find ourselves early morning or wherever we do it, skimming through Instagram or things like that and picking up on videos. So there is just this connection with video. And I think marketers are really starting to understand how they can fully leverage video to connect with consumers and make that connection. And now if I can slip into Viral Gains, what Viral Gains does really, really well is build that connection between consumers and brands using video. We have the ability in the digital space to actually start to create a two-way conversation instead of the typical advertising, which is more of a one-way. Let's push out an image and let's have people just kind of watch it and there's nothing else taken after that.
1: There's a lot to unpack there, and I think the first thing that sticks to my mind and how I think of video as a medium is you mentioned sight, sound, and motion, right? There's a lot that's going that can be attention-grabbing, and it can be the highest fidelity medium available in digital. Obviously, it can be more compelling and get more information across in a shorter time than text or a rich image. The problem that I have with video is that it's expensive to produce great video. There's this balance of user-generated content and a highly produced video and editing. It's one of the reasons why I've focused more on audio is just it's easier to produce the content. Talk to me about how you think about the use of video, how people can think about understanding whether it's worth taking on the production cost. What's the difference between user-generated content and produced video in terms of advertising?
2: Well, what we found is when you really leverage video, and I understand that there is a cost associated with it, and I think those production costs are coming down, you know, over the years, there's a lot of production houses, we partner with quite a few of them that help create either one piece of video content and then cut it down into smaller units, six second units, 15 second units, 30 second units. So you can get multiple uses out of one production session. We're finding marketers come to us, they may have a brand story they're trying to tell, and then they'll cut that down into 15-second snips and six-second snips that we can fully leverage. And since you are investing the cost into that medium, you really want to get the most out of it. And that is what we offer. We offer the ability to say, look, I'm telling the story. What do I want to understand after I've told the story? How can I understand how the consumer feels? or what their opinion is, or what they want to do, or how they enjoyed working with us or interacting with us. So there's a real-time opportunity to capture information from them and then do a sequential message with them with some of those shorter form units. You can really get into a whole ad journey as we're talking about fully leveraging the production cost that you're mentioning is so high.
1: So let's talk through that notion of an ad journey. You mentioned a couple of times where there's the idea of being able to get feedback from the customer in terms of what the video is. And I don't necessarily think of video as a format that drives engagement, right? It's not like people are talking to a video and getting response back. Talk to me about the funnel of creating video and that engagement journey. And what's the right way to use video? Is it awareness? Is it building consideration? Is it something that drives people over the finish line to the conversion funnel? How are you building out that feedback loop and how should video be applied?
2: There's a lot of opportunity for awareness. We have customers that are having a lot of success driving awareness, getting their message out and driving awareness, and then understanding a customer's sentiment. How do they feel? Right? We have an example of a marketer who's a CPG marketer who wants to understand how they feel about their brand. And after they see the video and they simply ask, how do you feel about XYZ brand? The consumers that say, I love you. I mean, those are what we would consider a loyalist. Those are individuals that are loyal to that brand. We can then take them on a sequential message that's appropriate for someone who's really loyal to the brand, like social expansion, right? You want to talk about the brand, talk more and and share your love of the brand. Then there's the individuals that might be in the middle and say, I'm not sure. And how we capture that information is through a Likert survey. So it's a five-star Likert survey. So if they're giving you a three, there's an opportunity there to immediately after they've given you a three, we've asked the question, how do you feel? They're on the fence. They're saying a three. We can drive them immediately there to an appropriate page that might help change their mind or might help convince them that there is value here that they may not have been aware of or send them another retargeted message that's appropriate for someone who's feeling that way. If they're an outright no, you know, no, thank you. I'm not a fan. There's also opportunities to suppress. I think there's lots of wasted impressions that are going on out in our space people aren't paying attention and you're hammering, you know, a customer with a message over and over and over again when they're clearly just not a customer for you.
1: So that's interesting to me that you've sort of outlined some KPIs for how to evaluate an awareness campaign, right? Is somebody aware of your brand? Are they fond of it? Are they going to be a social promoter if they're kind of on the fence, right? Or if they're just an out and outright no and some of the things that you can do. How are you building that feedback loop to understand if someone is, first off, you have to understand if somebody has seen your video and then you have to engage with them to get that feedback. Are you using surveys after a video ad campaign or what's the methodology for understanding how people feel about a brand after being exposed to a video?
2: That actually is our proprietary technology. So we actually have what we call a player that we run the video. And then what we do is post video is we show them this customizable engagement experience. We call it an engagement experience. And the one I mentioned was a survey experience, right? So you can ask, how do you feel What do you think, you know, that's the particular experience that would be shown right after that video.
1: That's really smart. The real-time feedback after consuming a piece of content, if you're just focused on awareness is, hey, you're now aware of this brand. How do you feel about it? And you're catching someone in the moment. It's like building that feedback loop that Uber has. When you get out of the Uber, you can quickly five-star rate the experience.
2: So let me give you another one too that might make it clear as well. Fire away. Think about autos. The auto landscape today is pretty complex, as we know. You may have an auto manufacturer that after an auto video that shows a couple of their different brands, you come up with an engagement experience that says, what is your preference? Electric, hybrid, or gas? Think about that. I mean, why would you send another ad or communicate to someone a gas vehicle when you have electric vehicles and you're really trying to find that target audience and there you have someone who's raising their hand and saying, hey, I'm all about the electric car? What we can do is even take that further. We can capture that individual who said, hey, I'm interested in electric vehicles. We can immediately take them to the electric vehicle area of a website or a page. We can retarget them with messaging that's related to something that they've raised their hand on. We can capture them in a bucket. We can look-alike model them to find more of them, kind of create scale against the program. So there's lots of things. Those are all journeys. I mean, this is all about fully leveraging. I think you positioned this perfectly in the beginning. It's very costly to do video. How do you get the most from it? How do you inform the rest of your marketing strategies with the information that you're gathering here at at scale and in real time?
1: So let's walk through some of the other options farther down the funnel, right? If you're building an awareness campaign and you want to survey someone after the fact, you can ask them, how do you feel about your brand? As you're moving down the funnel and you are trying to understand where your brand is in a consumer's consideration set. So I'm interested to know, and this is for selfish reasons, about how you think about using video for things like nurture. And I'll give you a selfish case study. I am starting to test retargeting for people that are listening to the MarTech podcast. We have the ability to understand who is listening to our content. And then we're starting to use video advertising to show them some of our other content. And I don't really know what the right format or the right way to get somebody who is already a content consumer, right? They're already aware of my brand to re-engage and eventually become a subscriber. I'm not necessarily saying subscribe to the podcast. I just want to show them other content and nurture them. What's the right way to build those campaigns and evaluate them?
2: We have strategies designed specifically for that. I can think of two right off the bat. One of them, I mean, you mentioned it, you actually could show your video and right after the video as the engagement experience, it could be subscribe now. (laughs) It could be, do you want more? Let me get you more immediately. So we can actually capture their email address immediately after the experience and they can move on with their day. And we don't capture any of the PII. We don't capture any of that information. It's directly connected into your website, again, in real time. So what you can actually do is put your website out into the digital marketplace along with your video and capture information in real time. That's one way. So you certainly can do that. And we can do that at scale. And we've done that very well with many customers Another way might be to get them more engaged with your content. You mentioned you have one video you're running and you want them to understand that you have many different types of podcast sessions. Post video, we have what we call is a video explorer unit where you could show five different actual running podcasts and you could say listen now you know you could even say what are here's my five most popular podcasts and they could actually listen immediately after the video and follow up with another one and the way we do that is um, we consider that earned media we don't charge our customers for that second experience because we consider it part of what we do we engage consumers and brands and if they're going to have a secondary experience with you that's on us
1: interesting so the notion here is that you can, Follow up with somebody and offer them more content, right? And ask them what's the type of content that they're most interested in. And now you are essentially doing sub-targeting, right? You're bucketing your user base into, in the MarTech podcast, as an example, if I show a video about mobile marketing and somebody gets to the end, I can say, are you interested in learning more about mobile marketing, about B2B, growth, podcasts, or do you just want to subscribe and listen later? And now I'm giving a direct response, but it also allows me to understand what somebody's interest is.
2: Absolutely. And that's one of the biggest things we do is actually collect first-party data. So you can think of actually having an opportunity to collect that information about consumers for their marketers and understanding the audience.
1: And that nurture stage is really all about understanding the consumer's specific needs and bringing them the relevant content to make sure that they see you as an expert on something that solves their problem. Eventually, we get into driving conversions. And this is one of the reasons why I was suggesting that video is expensive, you know, as a direct response channel is video worth it or should you just be putting banners in front of people like in the example of the martech podcast should i just be running martech podcast subscribe now buttons or should i be running video content and at the end asking people to subscribe
2: we actually drive efficiencies right so we're able to leverage video capture the audiences we can leverage that as we talked about for retargeting so your retargeting efforts are much more efficient we've seen a 45 percent lift in retargeting response when you do the retargeting with a pre-qualified audience. And we recommend doing both. We're not saying do everything video. We're saying include video in the portfolio of all the strategies that you are going to launch. You know, you're going to launch social strategies, right? You're going to launch some retargeting strategies. You're going to launch a number of strategies. Video should certainly be part of that portfolio to help drive efficiencies across the other strategies. The other thing we're seeing is when we run video and we have these engagement experiences that helps really pre-qualify an audience, and then we drive them very specifically to a page that they're most interested in, we see almost a 2x stay rate or stickiness for them on the landing page and getting to the content. So we definitely drive efficiencies in that sense.
1: Okay. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about how Viral Gains is using video, and you have the ability at the end of a video, and this is really what your core technology is, to have a click-through experience. Let's take Viral Gains product out of the equation. As you think about the greater video landscape, and you're a consumer who's interested in testing video, should someone who doesn't have this click through experience at the end of a video be focused on building awareness through video? Should they be using it as a nurture and engagement tool? Should they be trying to use it as a direct response and conversion rate? Help me understand the balance of advertising video, not necessarily from a production cost, but from an engagement and a conversion sense.
2: Yeah, I think I mean, the only thing you really can do with video if you're not going to collect any information is drive awareness. CPG customers or customers that have products that many people are aware of, you, know, you think of those types of products, you may just drive awareness. That's all you're really going to be able to do with that particular video content if you're not going to capture anything else. So I think it is a good medium for awareness. If you want to fully leverage that experience, that's where you can also use video for the nurture and the consideration and kind of drive things further down the funnel. But I'm not sure how you're going to drive real conversion metrics from a video unless there's some sort of interaction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think about video advertising and how it's being used in YouTube, in Facebook and Instagram, and how video, because of the sight-sound motion combination, has thumb-stopping power, right? If you create a compelling graphic with some motion, it gets someone's attention more than a banner ad or display ad. People are looking for that motion while they're scrolling through their feeds or, you know, on YouTube. And the question becomes, what's the experience at the end? In terms of format, when you're thinking about advertising, is there a specific video length or what's the beginning of the video need to look like or the end of the video need to look like? What quick rules of thumb do you have for people that are testing video advertising?
2: We see success with 15 and 30 second at least videos, because for us, it really is about telling that brand story. How can you communicate a brand story in six seconds or less? And I know that the market out there is, and social in particular, is trying to drive that there's huge value in six seconds. I mean, and honestly, they're trying to drive that value because people are scrolling so quickly through content that they know they've got to try to convince marketers to spend time with them in less than six seconds. And there can be some value there, I'm sure. But if you really want someone to interact or understand your brand and then have more of a connection with them, it's at least 15 or 30 seconds is what we're finding is the true engagement experience where you can benefit from it.
1: My takeaway here is that if I had to break up a video into parts, right, the first six seconds or so is needs to be your thumb stopping section, right? Whatever the graphic is needs to be attention grabbing and something that will stop somebody from an advertising perspective from scrolling through their field and pay attention to the video. The next, what if I'm doing the math right, nine to twenty four seconds or whatever gets you to the end of 15 seconds and 30 seconds. Clearly math was not my focus in college. <laughs> <laughs> is where you need to be able to tell your story in a compelling fashion. And that's really, if you're able to stop someone's thumb and get their attention after that first six seconds, you have somewhere between the remainder of 15 to 30 seconds to get your message across. Am I thinking about this the right way?
2: Yeah, I think the social industry is telling marketers that they can have a six second only video. And the video itself is six second long period end a story. That's all they need to produce. And we're saying it needs to be longer than that. Six seconds might get their attention, but you need to drive much more than just six seconds. We've seen some value in six seconds. If it's after we've already identified someone's preference, like I mentioned the example of autos in an electric car. If you've captured someone and you really know they are an individual first party, they're not someone from behavioral targeting who you're making an assumption, You know, wants electric, but they're actually telling you so a six second snip that shows an electric car, here's the brand, get it now, might be something that could drive them further down the file.
1: Okay. We've covered a lot of ground and I am really fascinated with video advertising. As I mentioned, it's something that we're testing as a retargeting medium for the MarTech podcast. In our next episode, what I'd like to do is talk a little bit and just pick your brain about some of the advertising and optimization strategies that we can be running. So That wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Cindy Brown, the Chief Revenue Officer of Viral Gains, for joining us. In part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow, Cindy is going to tell us about how marketers like me can maximize the value of their videos. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Cindy, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at her company's handle, which is Viral Gains, V-I-R-A-L-G-A-I-N-S. Or you can visit her company's website, which is ViralGains.com. A couple of links in our show notes that I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to MartechPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created benjshap.com question, where you could send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to part two of our conversation with Cindy Brown, the CRO of Viral Gains, we're going to publish an episode Every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Or if you'd prefer to have our content delivered to your inbox, we have a once a week newsletter with links to our audio player episode summaries and the contact information for our guests. To subscribe, go to benjshapcom newsletter. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy.